0: I'm Duncan Hunter. And I'm Duncan Hunter. And we bring you a special episode today with Major Mark Smith, who killed a Russian tank by himself in Vietnam. And with what's going on with the Ukraine-Russian War and the Ukrainian counter-invasion, we thought it was really timely. So check this out. In
1: 1965, I was handed the M-72 uh, law, light anti-tank weapon. I was told by my instructor, Pappy Shelton, this will stop any armor known to man. I spent the next a part of every year from 1965 to 1972 in Vietnam looking for enemy tank. And uh, on April the 5th of 1972, here they came, Russian T-54 tanks and three divisions of infantry. And I popped up for that first tank with my M-72 law engaged it as it was driving toward me, and the tank commander and the driver didn't even close the uh, their hatch covers when it hit. Uh, so I had to rethink. Uh, at one point, a tank broke through the perimeter and chased me around and around inside my small perimeter until I was able to get behind it, jump up in the air, and shoot into its engine compartment uh, because the uh, engine has to dissipate heat. The top of the T-54 tank had a lighter armor on over the engine. I was able to knock it out and then uh, shoot the crew with my pistol when they crawled out of the burning tank. But we were supported by helicopters who, not during my battle, but just after, came equipped with the uh, tow anti-tank missiles, and they just, you know, wrought havoc on the uh, enemy armor. But one thing that became evident was that if you shot the the driver and the tank commander, uh, the tank stopped. (laughs) That is true. They were not cross trained and they didn't have anybody else that knew how to drive and they would have to send another driver in. To try and get into the tank to drive it away, uh, the communist people coming from even former communist countries are lousy on cross training, and they are centralized control. And if you- these guys habitually don't think they can see well inside the tank, and the driver and the tank commander habitually come in with their uh, you know their bodies and their or the in the for the tank commander driver, his uh, head sticking out, kill him and you will totally screw him up but mostly take out their fuel trucks all these combat trains behind them, take out their tank retrievers and if you must fire on them with your lot of anti-tank weapons, don't fire into the heaviest armor take out their road wheels and their tracks, they stop. They become nothing but a pillbox until a tank retriever can come up there to help them kill the tank retrievers. Uh, but you have to think outside the box, and infantry around the world, including our own, doesn't do that well. But these are insurgents, and you can teach insurgents to pop out of the ground and do all the things that I've talked
0: about. Now, mark, let me ask my let me ask my dad here. How do you get close to tanks without having air cover? Because what the Ukrainians are asking for right now is air cover, I think, so they can move against this massive column and against the tanks. So um, no matter which way you cut it, you got to see the tank to kill it, and you got to get it close enough to see it. So if you don't have air superiority, which is what President Zelensky and the Ukrainians are begging for, some type of of no-fly zone, even over western Ukraine, if, if you don't have that air cover, how do you get close enough? How is this more important than, than uh, air defense systems, meaning surface-to-air missile systems, stingers, better stingers, which we have that can shoot much higher up into the atmosphere? How do we get close to these tanks? Yeah. Well,
2: let's, so let's take that, uh, to answer that question, let's take, uh, Major Smith, let's take this from what you used to kill a Russian T-54 in 1972 to what the Ukrainians, are using today, what they've gotten from us to kill the, the more modern tanks up to the T-72, some of which have reactive armor, and the difference in our tank killers and why you can still take them on with infantry even if you don't have air superiority. That, uh, that old law, light anti-tank weapon, had a range of a couple hundred meters. So you had to get pretty up close and personal to kill a Russian tank in those days. Mark killed that tank at a range of 10 feet. He actually had to jump up in the air, I've seen the after action reports, and shoot the, the bazooka, the law, down into the engine compartment when he got behind it. Now today you have the Javelin. Explain that Javelin to us, Mark, and how how far off you can stand off and kill a tank with a Javelin. Well,
1: he can, he can stand off a mile away, I mean. But the problem is, they only have a few hundred of them. Now, Mark, and we... that, discount, that discounts their own air up there looking for the Javelin missiles. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. So, Mark, they took the Javelin. Uh, President Trump, after President Obama refused to send Javelins, the the tank killers, to Ukraine. When President Trump took over, he did send two tranches of Javelin missiles, as you said, a couple hundred missiles apiece, in each of those shipments to Ukraine. Now I understand, I've looked at the numbers, and they actually used up a couple hundred Javelin missiles in the first week of fighting on the Ukrainian side. So they essentially went through the first load of Trump-supplied Javelin missiles in one week. So getting into the second week and getting into today's battles, which are very fierce, according to DOD, they have sent some 14,000 what they call anti-tank weapons. We don't know what those are. We don't know how many of those were javelins. We know the javelins cost 150 grand apiece. The old laws that we have, the old light anti-tank weapons and the improved version, the so-called in-law, uh, we know they cost a couple thousand apiece, and they're proliferated all over the world with our allies, and we still have a lot of them ourselves. So I don't know what that 14,000 inventory is that DOD spoke about today. Right.
1: You uh, know, listen, uh, I wouldn't bank uh, totally on any one weapon system. Uh, terrain and all these different things dictate the effectiveness out. Uh, to long range it has to be tiered and don't discount these light anti-tank weapons you blow his track off he ain't going nowhere you knock out his fuel truck he isn't going much farther also they're coming long distance they will come in with their external fuel tanks on the back deck hit their external fuel tank and you have cut their range by 50% they have to think and unfortunately, we're going to have to rely on people in the Pentagon to think also about hitting them with whatever you have available, including snipers taking out the drivers and the tank command.
2: The historians tell us that at the Battle of Loch Nen, where you commanded the, the, basically you were the commander of the Arvins because the, the south vietnamese soldiers their commander tried to run up a white flag and the battlefield report says you tackled him pulled the flag down and said there's not going to be a surrender get back to your battle stations uh and And you you were you were ultimately awarded the uh the distinguished service cross the uh, highest medal for valor just under the medal of honor and i saw the recommendation by the pilot who watched this battle who recommended you for the Medal of Honor. Uh, so so thank you for being uh, tough and being strong at the right time, but also being smart. And the historians tell us that 13,000 communist uh, Viet Cong and North Vietnamese attacked you with 25 Russian tanks at Loch Ninh. You held out for three days. Uh, what other advice do you have for the Ukraine as these tanks are coming through
1: you bet and God bless the whoever is opposing those who attack them
0: and Vietnam is an interesting comparison to Ukraine right now because right right now we're not giving MiG fighters to the Ukrainian people and the reason given by the U.S government and by the European Union and by NATO is we don't want to escalate but in Vietnam every tank used by the vietnamese every airplane every mig used by the vietnamese machine guns ammunition artillery mortars everything was given to them by the soviet union meaning every piece of hardware that americans fought in in vietnam every piece of hardware that the that the communist vietnamese had was soviet hardware so no one looked at vietnam and said are the russians overstepping by supplying the communist Vietnamese with Soviet weaponry, I don't think that the United States should be saying that we're somehow crossing a red line if we give things that fly to the Ukrainians versus things like stingers that shoot down airplanes, things like javelins that kill tanks. How is an airplane different from those things? I think we got to look long and hard on that as a country and not put red lines in the sand where they don't really make much sense.
2: Well, that, that makes a lot of sense, and, and uh, the Stingers, according to the, uh, to the reports that we've seen, the Stingers that we did send them have been effective. They've taken down some uh, Russian airplanes. I think the numbers are always suspect, but they've taken down some Russian airplanes. I think they claim at this point that they've taken down around 300 Russian tanks, but I think the the people that have reported that haven't made a distinction between tanks, and armored personnel carriers, lots of other stuff. They claim they've taken down about 1,000 personnel carriers. And of course, that's the way you get the Russian infantry into the country. Now, one point that Mark had made earlier, and Mark, if you're still there uh, buttresses, if you don't have infantry around tanks, tanks are pretty vulnerable at that point, aren't they?
1: Absolutely, and that's where your insurgents come in handy. Right now, it look to me like they're all sitting in their vehicles up on the road. Uh, if, if they're doing that, the insurgent can get in close. I mean, the sun does go down. I, I think that the, uh, the advantage that the Ukrainians have is that they're going to be end up fighting an insurgency war and that the insurgents will do better against the tank and their infantry than the Ukrainian regular army.
2: Now... Mark, you also had mentioned when it gets into urban warfare, because they're on the outskirts of these cities, in some cases, they've taken the cities. So you mentioned also that, 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 uh, that fighters who have shoulder-fired RPGs, light anti-tank weapons, you name it, that, that array of light anti-tank weapons, that if they fire them from up above, as the tanks come down the street they're firing into a vulnerable position on the top of the tank Uh, uh, what was your take on that
1: above the engine compartment the engine compartment the russians have always had a hard time having uh, enough armor over their engine compartments because they can't dissipate the heat so if you can get up above you can fire down into the engine compartment
2: what's your recommendation for the Ukrainian infantry?
1: Well, the infantry concentrate on that. They're going to come in, I tell you, uh, if find out. I mean, they have Russian tanks too. ask them. They have to find out what what lens is seeing if they're buttoned up and have their sharpshooters take it out. But concentrate on their lack of cross training. When they come in with their little heads sticking up and their, the top of their body sticking out of those tanks, kill them. They're not cross-trained. But, you know, if you rain enough, and I light any tank weapons on to a tank, you will hit a vulnerable spot. But, their ta- but tracks and road wheels, I never could figure out why nobody shoots at the tracks and the road wheels. You blow a track off, it's sitting there, and all you have is a pillbox. People have to use their head. And also, traditionally, uh, these guys, uh, their tanks can swim. Unfortunately, it's really hot in there, and people take the drain plugs out to get more ventilation. And if they hit the water and forget to put the drain plugs in, they're going to the bottom.
0: That would be a good thing. And
1: also, when they are swimming, they have these breathing pipes for the engines sticking up. Don't worry about shooting at the tank. Take out their breathing pipe; the tank will drown. Uh, I mean, they have to think, and uh, unfortunately, in dealing with our Pentagon, we have a whole lot of people who don't think out of the box inside the Pentagon. I-
0: well, Mark, it's it's a good thing we're not uh, we're not having to rely on Pentagon bureaucrats to fight the Russians in Ukraine. We get the tenacity and the genius of the Ukrainian people that actually took some of the stuff that Obama gave them and turned the uh, the counter-battery radars um, that that we gave them into offensive-type radars where they could shoot from. But, Mark, thank you very much for, for talking with us and being on. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for our next episodes.